السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ ایوریبڈی سی دا درود یور سیلز سن صلات السلام دا پروفیٹ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم یور سیلز نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي ربنا زدنا علما سو وي ار ستديين كتاب الوضوء اند ان كتاب الوضوء وي ليرنت اباوت ذا ايتيكيت اوف يوزينغ ذا ريستروم يوزينغ ذا واش روم And in that we learned that there are three permissible ways of cleaning oneself after using the washroom. Does anyone remember what they are? Permissible ways. Okay, just wipe. Another is just use water. And the third is a combination of both wiping as well as washing. There were a couple of questions that the students have asked over the week. I'd like to answer them over here so that all of you can benefit from them. One of the questions that was asked was that is it sufficient to just wipe oneself after using the restroom even if a person intends to pray afterwards? Yeah? So for example, you are out somewhere and you don't have water. You're at a, let's say at a doctor's office. You don't have a water bottle with you either. You don't know how to wash yourself. You just have toilet paper. So you manage to clean yourself properly, thoroughly, wipe yourself. And then by the time you'll get home, probably the time to pray will be over. So you have to pray before you go home. So if you just do wudu over there, can you pray? Can you? Yes, you can. So it's not necessary to wash yourself as long as you can make sure that you are clean. But if a person is unable to wipe himself clean properly, because let's say the najasa, the filth spread or it's splattered everywhere, or you're still not sure that you were able to clean yourself thoroughly, then what is best that a person... washes himself but wiping is sufficient okay wiping is sufficient another question was that it is better to use water to clean oneself after using the restroom is it better to clean oneself with water yes but we see that the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was also just to wipe himself like in the hadith we learned that once he told the companion to bring three rocks for him right he didn't ask for water so even that is a sunnah So when you do have to only wipe yourself because of unavailability of water or inability to wash yourself then don't have that guilt in your heart don't think that you are doing something lesser okay because wiping oneself clean is also sufficient our religion is easy it is practical and in every situation it is not possible for a person to wash so if you can only wipe then do so without any guilt in the heart do so without any haraj Another question that is a person allowed to wipe or wash or clean a child a baby when changing their diaper with the right hand or is it necessary that when cleaning the baby use your left hand as well that we see that from the hadith we learned the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam clearly said that do not use the right hand use the left hand for cleaning oneself so obviously if you're touching an area that has filth on it then which hand should be used the left whether it is your body or somebody else's body But remember like I mentioned to you earlier it is not haram to use the right hand it is makruh it is disliked but it is not haram okay it is permissible but it's not liked so if despite much effort you are unable to use your left hand to clean the baby you use your left hand but you feel that you make more of a mess then it's okay for you to use the right hand but you can develop the habit eventually Inshallah, when you have a baby, you have too many diapers to change. 
in one day even. So if you force yourself to clean with the left, to wipe with the left, inshallah, you will develop the habit. But if for whatever reason you're not able to use a left hand and don't think you were doing something, haram. Okay, it is makruh, but it is not haram. Another question was that, is it necessary to use the hand when washing oneself? Meaning, is it necessary to use one's left hand when washing yourself? Or is it just sufficient to pour the water over? The point of cleaning oneself is what? To get rid of the filth, correct? But if a person just pours the water on top, then does that ensure that the filth will be removed completely? No. No, then the filth will not come off. Therefore, it is best that a person wipes first and then pours water or pours water and then wipes after. But wiping is necessary because otherwise you cannot be sure that the filth has been removed thoroughly. And if the filth has remained, then obviously, you know, it's najis. It will affect your, your wudu, it will affect your salah. So it is best to be safe. You know, better safe than Sorry, sometimes people don't want to wash themselves with their hand because they think that their hand will get dirty, they will have to wash. I mean, you should wash your hands anyway, regardless. Okay? Because, uh, you know, even if you're holding, you know, the bucket, the water bucket, or even like the shower, it's not something clean. So you have to wash your hands thoroughly afterwards anyway. So always when you think it to be difficult to wash yourself, remember that Allah loves those people who clean themselves. Allah yuhibbul. One more thing I would like you to understand over here is that um, when it comes to a command or a prohibition, so for example in the hadith, use the left hand, do not use the right hand. Okay, Or inshallah today we will learn about whoever uses the stones in order to clean himself then he should use an odd number. So when it comes to such commands or such prohibitions, when it comes to amr and nahi, there are two things that we must understand very clearly. First thing is that when it comes to matters of ibadah, acts of worship, so for example, salah, then an amr, an imperative, means that what the Prophet ﷺ is telling us to do or what the verse of the Qur'an is telling us to do, it is wajib, it is fard. It is an obligation on us. And if there is a prohibition that do not do this, and it's a matter of ibadah, an act of worship, ritual act of worship, then what is that then? The prohibition means that it is haram. Okay, the nahi is for haram, for tahrim. But when it comes to adab, when it comes to etiquette, like the etiquette of, you know, washing yourself, the etiquette of dressing yourself, the etiquette of wiping yourself, the etiquette of eating, drinking, so on and so forth. Then when it comes to commands, when it comes to amr and nahi, then it is off. Then it is off. What do you think? Mustahab. It is of istihbab. The command is for istihbab. And the nahi is for karaha. So in these ahadith where we have learned about, you know, the clear statement that do not use the right hand, use the left hand, then this is what? This is for istihbab and karaha. It is not for wujub and tahrim. So this is important to know because, you know, we learn la such and such or do such and such and we think that, oh, you have to do this and if a person is doing otherwise, then he's committing a sin. No, this is a matter of adab. So it is best if you follow, but if for whatever reason a person is unable to, then he should not feel that guilt in his heart that he's doing something haram. But obviously, the more love 
person will have, the more he will try his best to adhere to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, the closer he would want to be to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. So is this matter clear? Okay, but when it comes to eating, okay, or when it comes to certain adab for which the reason is given, do not do this because such and such. So for example, when it comes to eating, do not eat with the left hand because who eats with the left? Shaitan. Do not drink because who drinks with the left? Shaitan. So when that illa is given, then that makes it haram. But if the illa is not given, if the reason is not given, it's just a general statement that do not do such and such or do such and such, then it is just for for istihbab and karaha. Al-wudu'i marratan marratan. Performing the wudu once, once. Meaning, washing the body parts when performing wudu how many times? Once only. So for example, a person is performing wudu, he washes his hands once, he washes his face once, he washes his arms once. Is it permissible to wash once or is it necessary to wash three times? It is permissible to wash once. What's the evidence? That حدثنا محمد بن يوسف قال حدثنا سفيان عن زيد بن أسلم عن عطاء بن يسار عن ابن عباس قال he said توضأ النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم performed wudu مرة مرة once once meaning he washed the body parts how many times once so this shows that the obligation is fulfilled by washing once if a person washes the body parts once then his wudu is Valid. Bab al-wudu imarrataini marratain. Performing wudu, washing the parts how many times? Twice. Marratain. Twice. This was also the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu حدثنا حسين بن عيسى قال حدثنا يونس بن محمد قال حدثنا فليح بن سليمان عن عبد الله بن أبي بكر بن عمر بن حزم عن عباد بن تميم عن عبد الله بن زيد أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم توضأ مرتين that the Prophet ﷺ performed wudu twice. He washed the body parts twice. Not once, not three times, but twice. So another version tells us that he did it two times. Bab al-wudu isalasan salasan. Performing wudu, washing the body parts three times. Now, this does not mean that it's a contradiction that sometimes he washed once, other times he washed two times, other times he washed three times. It's not a contradiction. But rather this is the wus'ah of our deen, the vastness that we find in our religion. Because sometimes it is not possible for a person to wash three times. So in that case, can he wash two times? Yes. Can he wash once? Yes. That is also allowed. So this shows that washing once is fard. Washing twice is permissible. And washing three times is better. It is sunnah. And washing twice is also sunnah. Washing once, fard. Beyond that, twice, thrice, you have the choice. But not more than three times. So whatever a person's situation allows him to do, he should do that. Sometimes a person doesn't have much time. He doesn't have much time. If he starts washing body parts three times, it will take longer. You were out, you were stuck in traffic. By the time you get home, there is very little time until Maghrib and you have to pray Asr as quickly as possible. So you want to spend less time in wudu so that you can pray with khushur. So you wash only once so that you can perform your wudu quickly. Likewise, sometimes the water is not sufficient. There isn't much water available to you. Or sometimes the water is freezing cold. Or sometimes it's too hot. So in that case, you can just wash once. Or for example, you have a fever. You have been doing tayammum. The whole day, but now you want to do wudu. But if you feel that if you wash yourself too many times, you might feel too cold. So can you wash just once? 
Yes, you can. So you should, you know, go according to whatever your situation allows you to do. And whether you wash once, twice, thrice, don't have any guilt in your heart. حدثنا عبد العزيز بن عبد الله الأويسي قال حدثني إبراهيم بن سعد عن ابن شهاب أن عطاء بن يزيد أخبره أن حمران مولى عثمان أخبره سو حمران مولى أف عثمان هو از مولى فريد سليف سو حمران هو از فريد سليف أف عثمان بن عفان رضي الله عنه the third خليفه he informed that annahu that indeed he ra'a usman ibn affan that he saw usman ibn affan da'a bi'ina'in da'a he called bi'ina'in for a container a vessel i mean obviously this was a vessel that had water in it so he asked that a water bucket or a water container be brought to him when it was brought what did he do fa'afragha then he poured ala kaffayhi upon his palms meaning he poured some water onto his hands ثَلَاثَ مِرَارٍ Three times فَغَسَلَهُمَا Then he washed them both. So he took that container and he poured water over his hands. How many times? Three times. And then he washed them. Then he rubbed them. ثُمَّ أَدْخَلَ يَمِينَهُ Then he entered his right hand فِي الْإِنَا In the water. Why? In order to scoop out some water in his palm. So first he washed his hands, then he dipped his hands into the water in order to take the water out. So he entered his right hand into the container, فَمَضْمَضَ Then he rinsed his mouth. So he scooped out some water, put it in his mouth, and he rinsed his mouth. وَاسْتَنْشَقَ And he blew his nose. ثُمَّ غَسَلَ وَجْهَهُ Then he washed his face ثَلَاثًا Three times. وَيَدَيْهِ and his hands, إِلَى الْمِرْفَقَيْنِ To the elbows, ثَلَاثَ مِرَارٍ Three times. ثُمَّ then مَسَحَ بِرَأْسِهِ He wiped his head. ثُمَّ then غَسَلَ رِجْلَيْهِ He washed his both feet. ثَلَاثَ مِرَارٍ Three times. إِلَى الْكَعْبَيْنِ To the ankles. ثُمَّ قَالَ Then he said, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ The Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said, مَنْ تَوَضَّأَ Whoever performed نَحْوَ Like, similar to وُضُوءِ My wudu هَذَا This So whoever performs wudu, just like I did, ثُمَّ صَلَّى رَكْعَتَيْنِ Then he prayed two rak'at لَا يُحَدِّثُ he does not talk, he does not speak, fihima in those two rak'at, nafsahu to himself, ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min zambihi. All of his previous sins will be forgiven. For who? For the one who performs wudu in such a way, and then he performs two rak'at, but what's the condition? He doesn't talk to himself. He doesn't talk to himself then all of his previous sins will be forgiven. What do we think? We have to go for hajj, right? We have to go for umrah. When we do hajj, then we will be clean as the day that our mother gave birth to us. But we see that there are these ways as well to relieve ourselves of the burden of sins. To wash ourselves clean. That many times it happens that after performing wudu, you know, we rush through to rakat or we neglect them, we don't bother to pray them at all, thinking that, you know, just pray the fadl. You know, sometimes we're waiting in the masjid. We'll stand and we will wait. We will sit and we will wait. But 
we ignore this important thing. That it is unfortunate that when we are praying, at that time, all of the thoughts come in. At that time, we start talking to ourselves. Otherwise, we're not thinking much. When we do, we'll do. From that point onwards, we start thinking and talking to ourselves. It's because our minds are never clear. Our minds are never clear. We have forgotten how to focus. Clear your mind of everything. Focus on the conversation that you're about to have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, before salah, we have to do wudu. That's like preparation for salah, so that you enter into that mode. And believe me, when you perform fresh wudu, and then you pray, your salah will be different. Right? And if you don't perform fresh wudu, but you know, you have wudu from before, yes, your salah will be valid. But performing fresh wudu really helps you enter that mode of praying. Wudu and salah also we limit our conversation, you know, with others. Yes, the hadith is specifically about talking to oneself in prayer, but before that as well, after wudu, before salah, if you don't, if you avoid talking to others, then that will help you focus in prayer. Unfortunately, what happens with us? Until the last moment, we're checking our phones, reading, and as we are about to stand up to pray, we put the phone down, as soon as we say salam, we pick up the phone. So how can we focus in salah? We cannot. This is what it appears to be from the hadith is that it is nafil. I mean, that a person intends to pray to raka'at so that his sins may be forgiven. It is also called tahiyyatul wudu. So in this hadith, basically, what is Imam Bukhari proving? That washing three times is also the sunnah of wudu. Meaning it is also masnoon to wash the body parts three times when performing wudu because Uthman anhu he washed how many times? Three times. But we see that he first washed his hands and then he continued with the wudu. But how did he wash his hands? He did not dip his hands into the water. Rather, he poured water onto his hands. And then when his hands were clean, he entered his hands into the water. So this shows that if you are ever performing wudu from a container from which you cannot pour, it may be big, then what's the proper etiquette? That you wash your hands first, then you enter your hand into it. Because it's quite possible that your hands were dirty, they were not clean. So it's best that you wash your hands first and then you touch the rest of the water because you don't want to make it dirty. Then this hadith also shows to us that it is not necessary to pour water over the hands and rub each time, but that a person can pour three times and then rub finally at the end. So for example, you have your hands under the running tab. It doesn't mean that you have to Rub your hands once and then twice and then thrice. No, you pour water once, twice, thrice, and then you just rub finally once at the end. That is also sufficient. وعن إبراهيم قال قال صالح بن كيسان قال ابن شهاب ولكن عروة يحدث ابن شهاب. He said that عروة when he would narrate this hadith عن حمران from حمران, he would say that فلما توضى عثمان when عثمان performed his wudu, meaning when he completed the wudu, قال ألا أحدثكم حديثا he said that, should I not tell you about a hadith, should I not narrate a hadith to you, لَوْلَا آيَةٌ If it was not for a verse of the Qur'an, مَا حَدَّثْتُكُمُوهُ I would not have narrated it to you. So, before he told them, he said, should I not tell you about a hadith, and by the way, if it was not for a verse in the Qur'an, I would not have told you about it. سَمِعْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَقُولُ I heard the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم saying, لَا يَتَوَضَّأُ رَجُلٌ No person performs wudu, فَيُحْسِنُ وُضُوءَهُ And then he 
beautifies his wudu. Meaning he does it, he performs it in the best way with ihsan. Remember isbaghul wudu? وَيُصَلِّ الصَّلَاةَ And he prays the prayer, meaning properly with ihsan, just as he performed wudu with ihsan. إِلَّا غُفِرَ لَهُ Except that it will be forgiven for him. مَا بَيْنَهُ What is between him? وَبَيْنَ الصَّلَاةِ And between the next prayer. حَتَّى يُصَلِّيَهَا Until he prays it. قَالَ عُرْوَةُ Urwa said, الْآيَةِ The ayah that Uthman was referring to was إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَكْتُمُونَ مَا أَنزَلْنَا مِنَ الْبَيِّنَاتِ Indeed, those people who conceal what we have revealed of the clear signs, the clear proofs, which is in Surah Al-Baqarah. So such people, what's their punishment? That they are cursed. So it was because of this verse that Uthman عنه, he narrated this hadith. So this is another version of what Uthman عنه, said after performing wudu, of what the Prophet ﷺ said. And this shows to us that the Sahaba, they would not narrate hadith just to you know, show that they were very knowledgeable in order to elevate their status, in order to boast about what they knew. No, they conveyed because they realized it was their responsibility. Because he said, if it was not for this ayah, I would not have told you. I don't want to impose myself on you. I don't want to force you to listen to me when you don't want to listen. I'm just telling you because I don't want to be of those people who are cursed. It's because it is our responsibility that when we learn about something, it is necessary that we convey. So this ilm that he had as an amana on himself, he conveyed it. And here we see that there's two things that a person must do. Ihsan in wudu and performing the salah properly. And how is a person supposed to perform the salah properly? As we learned in the previous narration that he does not speak to himself. Now, we see that washing the body parts three times, okay, meaning in wudu, washing the body parts three times, this has benefits. Once is wajib, twice is sunnah. But washing three times, it has benefits. What are those benefits? The first of all, there is kathratul amal. Okay, there is more action. Washing once is different from washing three times. When you're doing three times, you're doing the action more. Okay, so there is kathratul amal. And secondly, there is more tahara, more cleanliness. For example, you wash your feet once. Yes, your feet are clean. But if you wash your feet three times, are they more clean? Are they? Yes, they are. So there is more action and there is more tahara. So yes, washing three times is better than washing only once or twice. Because sometimes we become lazy and we think, okay, you know, if I wash once, yeah, the fard is complete. Okay, it is complete. But washing three times is better. Likewise, we see that when a person performs wudu, he washes his body parts. What happens? The sins are also washed away. If you wash once, then okay, sins are washed away, inshallah. But if you wash three times, then more sins are washed away. So there are benefits. However, a person should not perform wudu in this manner that he's always washing three times. Okay, that even if it's inconvenient, he washes three times. Because what is the sunnah? Washing once, twice, and thrice. And remember this important principle, that following the sunnah is better than more action. Following the sunnah, muwafaqatu sunnah, is afdal, it is superior, it is much better than kathratul amal. So just because 
Washing three times more, yes it is more. It doesn't mean that you always wash three times. You should also wash once, you should also wash twice. And when you do that, think of it as the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Because at the end of the day, it's not just the quantity that matters, but what is it that matters? Ittiba'u sunnah. Following the sunnah. And we see that, for example, the way of the Prophet ﷺ was that when he performed the sunnah of fajr, Okay, the two rakat before the fadl. How did he perform them? Very light. That he recited in the first rakat, in the second rakat he recited This was his way. Now if a person is performing the sunnah of fajr, but how does he say? In the first rakat he recites surah al-naba. In the second rakat he recites surah abasa, for example. Is there more action? Is there? Yes. He recited more Qur'an. His rukur, he did it much longer. His sujood, he did it much longer. But, is it the same as performing two light rakat in the same manner that the Prophet ﷺ prayed? No. What is better? What is better? Following the sunnah. Likewise, we see that once these companions that were traveling and the time to pray came, it entered and they did not have access to water. So they both performed tayammum and they performed the salah. After some time, they found water. So one of them, he performed wudu and he repeated the prayer. And the other person did not. So when the Prophet ﷺ found out, when he was asked about it, he said to the one who did not repeat the prayer, أَصَبْتَ sunnah That you, you did the right thing. You followed the sunnah. And with regards to the one who repeated the prayer, he said, yes, you will have your reward twice because you performed the prayer twice. But who got the reward for following the sunnah? Who did the right thing? The one who did not repeat the prayer. So yes, the action was less. The action was less, but he did the right thing. This allowance, this capacity that's there, and the beauty is that the Prophet ﷺ performed the wudu in all these three ways, once, twice, and thrice. So whichever you do, inshallah, you get the reward for sunnah anyway, for following the sunnah. So make use of this allowance. Take benefit. Don't make it hard upon yourself that every time you do wudu, you have to do wudu three times. Meaning you have to wash the body parts three times. No. Also wash twice. Also wash once. Because sometimes, you know, you may have children crying at your feet. You're performing wudu and the children have crawled into the washroom and you're like, do I wash my foot or do I hold the baby? This allowance is not there only when you have to wash twice. Meaning you cannot wash more than two times. You cannot wash more than once. No, you can also wash only once and twice when you are capable of washing. Three times. You can. As we see in these hadiths, I mean, a specific reason has not been mentioned. But definitely, if a person has the opportunity to increase in his action, he should. But he should not neglect the sunnah of washing once and twice completely. For washing your hands three times and then you have some interruptions, let's say the baby's crying, can you just wash your feet once? Or do you have to do that three times because you started off washing three times? Apparently it seems okay, but inshallah I can check for sure if it's okay to do that or not. Inshallah I'll find out for sure. Anything else? How is it related to, like how can we deduct the uh, title of the chapter from it? That three Washing times, three times? Yeah. Because there's no mention of washing three times in this last hadith. The thing is that you're talking about hadith number 160, right? This number 160 is, you can say, a continuation of the previous one. Okay, it's not a separate hadith that Imam Bukhari is quoting, it's just a continuation of the previous one. Because if you look at how 
he mentions it وعن إبراهيم قال قال صالح بن كيسان قال ابن شهاب ولكن عروة يحدث عن عمران that Urwa he used to say this so there are two versions that he had of the last part of the hadith so he mentions both the versions the last part of the hadith that إِلَّا غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الصَّلَاةِ حَتَّى يُصَلِّيهَا that in this version of the hadith we learn that which sins will be forgiven not the past sins but the sins that might be committed from that point until the next prayer until he prays it so it's like you are protecting yourself you know from what happened before and what might happen in the future you know sometimes you are in a situation where you feel like you are prone to making a mistake so yesterday, yesterday i was driving and you know he's like okay just make a turn here and i didn't focus and i'm doing zikr as well and you know i uh, when somebody tells you you're a new driver and somebody tells you okay just make a turn you just do what they say regardless of, of what's happening in front of you yeah. what the light is and so i may i crossed a red light and i was doing zikr he's like the car would have hit you i was like that's why i kept doing zikr yeah. you know because you never know you when never well, know. this is not just a morning and evening thing you do it all the time you don't yes. know when anything can hit you exactly so in a situation like that where you feel that you're more vulnerable, you could fall very easily, you could make a mistake very easily. Perhaps you are among certain people that you feel that you every time you meet them, you know, there's a chance of having an argument or something. Then before you go there, you know, pray to Nafal so that you're protected. You know, you have your life jacket on, inshallah. This hadith will come again. There are some more benefits that inshallah I will mention over there. Bab al-istinsari fil wudu. Blowing the nose, cleaning the nose in wudu. What is istinsar? Nathara is to spread. So istinsar to blow and spread. Istinsar is basically to sniff up water into the nose and then blow it out. It doesn't mean to merely blow the nose, no. To take water up into the nose and then blow that out. Okay, so the water that was taken into the nose, blowing that out. Fil wudu. What is its status? Is it necessary? Is it not necessary? Because it's not mentioned in the verse of the Qur'an. Right? In the Qur'an, all that is mentioned is, just wash your faces. Blowing of the nose is not mentioned. So, is it necessary to do it? ذَكَرَهُ Usman. Usman mentioned this, Abdullah ibn Zayd وابن عباسٍ رضي الله عنهم All these three companions, they mentioned it. عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم That they said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he did this. So this shows that cleaning the nose, rinsing the nose, okay, this is a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. It was a common practice. حدثنا عبدان قال أخبرنا عبد الله قال أخبرنا يونس عن الزهري قال أخبرني أبو إدريس أنه سمع أبا هريرة عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال من توضأ فليستنسر ومن استجمر فليوتر من توضع whoever performs wudu فليستنسر then he should blow his nose he should take some water up into his nose and then blow it out ومن استجمر and whoever does استجمار meaning he uses rocks in order to clean himself after using the washroom فليوتر then he should make it an odd number of times meaning he should wipe himself clean with three with one stone or three or five or seven an odd number of times now in this hadith we see that مَن تَوَضَّعَ فَلْيَسْتَنْسِرُ وَمَنْ إِسْتَجْمَرَ فَلْيُوتِرُ What do we see here? Grammatically, what is there? Amr, right? This is Amr, it's a command. So 
According to some scholars, this amr is of wujub, of obligation. And Imam Bukhari was also of this opinion. That rinsing the nose clean, sniffing up water in and blowing it out, this is wajib. And they said that this is included in the command, فَغْسِلُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ When Allah says, wash your faces, then face includes the nose. So according to them, if you want your wudu to be valid, then you have to rinse the nose as well. However, some scholars, they disagreed. They said that no, it is not an obligation, but a sunnah. It is recommended. Why? Because woman is tajmara falyutir. It's in the same thing. It's in the same sentence. Whoever wipes himself clean, then he should take an odd number. And we saw that in one of the hadiths that we learned, the Prophet ﷺ asked one of his companions to bring him three rocks, but they could find only two rocks and one. They brought dung. So he did not use the dung, he discarded it and he used two rocks. If it was haram to use only two, then he would ask for a third one to be brought to him. But anyway, the scholars, they said that it is not wajib, but it is sunnah. Because in the Qur'an, فَغْسِلُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ Wash your face. Washing your face is just washing it. It doesn't mean that you have to clean your nose and brush your teeth. I mean, you could elaborate it to any extent. I mean, if you started adding things to it, you could add many things to it. So they disagreed. And they said that it is better, but if a person is unable to clean his nose, then it's not like his wudu will be invalid. What do you think the hikmah would be if a person says that it's not necessary to rinse the nose clean every time in wudu? Is there any hikmah? Is there any benefit to that? Is there any benefit? What's the hikmah? If that allowance is there, that it's not wajib to clean the nose, then is there any hikmah behind that? That if you're short in time, you have just enough time to wash your body parts once. So if you don't clean your nose and don't clean your mouth, then that will give you more time to pray. Okay, so for example person is not that good at cleaning their nose properly so every time they sniff up water, some part of it ends up inside. So they're fasting, they, they want to make sure that they don't actually take in any water. So they don't rinse their nose. So that could be the hikmah. Then the second thing that we learn in this hadith is that whoever wipes himself clean then he should use an odd number of stones or whatever thing that he is using. So what does it mean? If you're using toilet paper, how many should you use? The entire toilet roll? Falyutir. This is taking three rocks or three handfuls of clay or mud. So three things, three objects. It's not the action of wiping. Because wiping, I mean, you could do it three, but you could do it five, you could do it more. But it's the three objects. So for example, if you're breaking toilet roll, so you take once, then you take twice, and then you take thrice. So if, for example, you did once, but you feel that, no, there's need to wipe more, you take twice. So once you've taken twice, you have to take once more to make it three. But let's say you took the toilet paper three times. You broke pieces of toilet paper. I'm not talking about the individual toilet paper pieces, okay? Talking about taking toilet paper, okay? How much ever you take at each time. So you took once, you took twice, you took thrice. You feel that there's still more need to clean. So you take once more, and then you have to take... One more time. So whoever does it twice should make it three. Whoever does it four times should make it five. Odd number of times. Was it the preference of Rasulullah that he liked odd numbers or was it something Yes, that... what do you think the reason is? Why do you think we have been told to use 
odd number of times, even when cleaning ourselves. That if you think about it, cleaning yourself, cleaning yourself, this is an action that Allah loves for you. Because wallahu yuhibbu mutatahirin. Those who clean themselves, Allah loves them. So when you're doing an action that Allah likes you to do, you should do it in the number of times that Allah likes. So Allah is witr and He likes witr. وَيُحِبُّ witra. He likes witr as well. I mean, this just shows the love that the Prophet ﷺ had for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That how much ihsan he had in his ibadah. How careful every action was. Allah likes my Lord, likes witr. I will do this with a number of times as well. So we see that this is an act of worship as well, cleaning yourself. This is also a means of attaining nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So even that should be done in the number of times that Allah likes. We translated that he should uh, wash and clean himself three times. So witr, we know it's just the odd number. It could be one, three, five, seven, right? How we are translating three, is it the continuation of the previous bab? Because we did bab al-wudu, salasan, salasan. How we are translating it three times here? No, no. Odd. I'm saying odd. Three was just an example. Okay. Okay. It's actually odd. Falyuta, then he should do it an odd number of times. Okay, so three, one, three, five, seven, nine, whichever. And we see that this was something that the Prophet ﷺ practiced so strictly that Sulaiman al-Farisi, he said that the Prophet ﷺ forbade us from using less than three stones. So this shows that once is not sufficient. Okay, three minimum, but more than three, you have to make it odd number of times. So he strictly practiced this and encouraged his companions to practice the same thing as well. You're not blowing or sniffing the nose. Is it okay? Like Because you mentioned that some scholars, they say it's okay. Uh, it's not wajib. That's part of Usra, yes. Is it part of Usra? Yes. When we teach the children wudu, we often tend to ignore these things, like yes. the etiquette of the washroom. So this should be a part of the teaching yes. as well. Yes. This is important as well. And you know what I mentioned about the toilet roll? Unfortunately, the way people waste toilet paper. You know, the whole roll on the floor, it's wet. And many times children, they're sitting on the toilet and the whole toilet paper is like gone. So they should be taught. Right? This is an important thing. Like regarding the children, when you're doing the tarbiyah, you teach them that uh, regarding especially the Isha, that it's okay if you read only once. Isha, like um, the last raka, what we do, the witr. Witr? The Isha Salah, right? And we know that we can read one raka or three or five. But when you're doing the therapy of children and you on purpose hide it, you don't tell them. Because I noticed that once you tell them that there is wasa, you can eat only one, they make it a permanent habit. Then they never try to read three. They never try to put more effort. Yes. So what is a hikmah? Like if we don't according tell them, to age, in. According to age. So And according to the nature of the child as well. Because sometimes, for instance, some children, they love to stand in front of the sink and keep washing and washing and washing. So you want to discourage them from using too much water. So you can say, okay, we've washed once, it's enough, let's move on. We've washed twice, it's enough, let's move on. Or for example, you choose to teach your child washing three times when performing wudu. But then later, as they grow older, you can teach them that washing twice is also permissible, washing once is also permissible. You can start with one and then build upon it. Teach them one thing and then build on it as they grow older. Because they need to learn as well. Because yes, you want them to perform the best action, but we might be making things difficult for them. 
right? When that allowance is there, the deen, then why not take advantage? When it comes to salah, I remember when we were in school and we studied Islamic studies, I mean, we learned that, Isha, you have to pray 17 rakat. Nobody prayed in our class, in my class. No, hardly anyone used to pray salah. Which child is you think going to pray 17 rakat? Nobody will. Especially when there are so many ways of entertaining yourself in the night, you know, watching television on the computer. Who's going to pray 17 rakat? So you're making things so difficult for them that they will give up completely. The thing is that love and fear of Allah should be instilled. When that is there, then the quantity will increase itself as well. You know, once the quality comes in, quantity will increase. But if the quality is not there, the quantity will go away as well. You, you pray like that, but if you pray it like that, you will be like him or you will get a good reward for it. I think before doing action, if he knows what's the benefit of doing this stuff, yes. he will be more interested yes. to do Love for the Prophet, love for Allah. If that is instilled in the action, is easy to perform. Slave was watching Usman Then he told him the hikmah behind it, like, do this. That's how we can tell our children too. Like, I mean, a slave, yes. he didn't have to, right? But he yes. told him. Yes. That Usman, he performed the wudu. He washed the body parts three times. And then, what did he say? Such a beautiful statement. That whoever performs wudu like this three times, yes, it seems difficult, but whoever does it like this, and then prays to Rakat in the best manner, then, inshallah, all his sins are forgiven. And see, Usman anhu, he took advantage of a teachable moment. At that time, when he was performing wudu, perhaps his freed slave, or at that time he was slave, he was watching him, he was observing him very carefully. So he took advantage and he mentioned to him something that would benefit him, something that would encourage him to do good. So we should also take advantage of these moments. Sheikh Muhammad Sheikh was saying that, you know, mashallah in Pakistan, India, people who are practicing, he said, they do pray all their sunnahs, their nafil, and yeah. their vitr. So he said, don't go and tell them that, oh, you know, by the way, you just need to pray this. Yeah. So he's like, you know, use your wisdom. If they're doing all that and they're really into it, let them do it. Inshallah, there's ajah for them. Yes. But at the same time, like, like the sister was saying, you know, if it becomes hard, like, you want to tell, cause I remember I used to work and there was some sister who had come from Pakistan and she would be like, where are you going? And I would tell her, oh, there's a musallah in the office. And uh, she was like, really? You pray the whole Dhuhr Salah? And she was like confused because she's like, oh, how do you take so much time out of work? I said, no, it's okay. And then she saw me coming back back in 10 minutes and she's like you're done like you know I'm like yeah and then I had to explain then I realized that she was actually thinking I'm doing the, the all two before and four, four and, and, yeah. so when I went over she she had a hard time believing at first that she can do four only but then she came and she started doing and subhanallah she started even trying to do the sunnah then but it's true like if, if people see that there's ease then they actually might be encouraged to do more yes so every person is different Every child is different. The nature of every person is different. You find yourself different in different situations, in different times. Right? So keep that in mind. Bab al-istijmari witran. Istijmar, cleaning oneself with stones. How many times? Witran, an odd number of times. And this was mentioned in the previous hadith, but Imam Bukhari is proving it further. It's recommendation with another hadith. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف قال أخبرنا مالك عن أبي الزنادي عن الأعرج عن أبي هريرة أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا توضأ أحدكم when one of you performs wudu فليجعل في أنفه then he should put in his nose meaning he should sniff water up in his nose ثم لينصر then he should blow it out ومن استجمر and whoever uses stones to clean himself فليوتر then he should use 
He should do it an odd number of times. وَإِذَا and when إِسْتَيْقَضَ أَحَدُكُمْ When one of you إِسْتَيْقَضَ He wakes up. مِنْ نَوْمِهِ From his sleep. So whoever wakes up from his sleep فَلْيَغْسِلْ Then he should wash. يَدَهُ His hand. قَبْلَ Before أَنْ يُدْخِلَهَا That he enters it فِي وَضُوئِهِ In his wudu, Not wudu, but wudu. Wudu is the water. That is used for purification. So he should wash his hands before he puts them into the water. فَإِنَّ أَحَدَكُمْ Or indeed one of you, لَا يَدْرِي He does not know أَيْنَ بَاتَتْ يَدُهُ Where his hand spent the night. You don't know where your hand was in the night, meaning when you were sleeping, so wash your hand before you enter it into a vessel that has water in it. There are three things that we learn in this hadith. First of all, Blowing the nose in wudu. Cleaning the nose is a part of wudu and it is also important to do when a person wakes up from sleep. Okay, When a person wakes up in the morning or after a nap, but especially in the morning, then they should thoroughly blow their nose, clean their nose. It is a part of wudu, but after sleeping as well, this is necessary. Why? Do you know? Because shaitan spends the night where? In the interior part of the nose, meaning the nostrils. Therefore, a person should rinse his nose clean thoroughly upon waking up, but especially in wudu. Secondly, we learn in this hadith about using odd number of stones to wipe oneself. Or whatever material a person is using to wipe himself clean after using the toilet. And thirdly, that on waking up, a person should wash their hands before putting them in water. Another version of the hadith tells us to wash the hands three times. What's the reason? Why should a person wash his hands upon waking up before putting them in water? So there is a reason that is hissi. Because some hissi reason, tangible, physical. And what is that? That the hand could be dirty. The Prophet ﷺ said that one of you does not know where the hand spent the night. Meaning you don't know if you touched something filthy. You don't know if you touched your private part. You don't know if something else came upon your hand. Because in the night especially, you know, there are bugs, there could be insects, there could be mice, there could be lizards, okay? There could be, Allahu A'lam. So you don't know, something may have come upon your hand and passed by and left its traces on your hand and you don't know. So if you put that hand into the water, that could be mixed into that water and you're using that water to clean your mouth and nose, I mean, this could be very dangerous for a person. So it's best that a person washes his hands first and then he puts them into the container of water. Another reason could be a marnawi reason, an intangible idla. And that is that just as when a person is sleeping, then shaitan, he spends the night where? In the nose of the person. So he leaves his traces, whatever, Allahu A'lam, the effect okay, of shaitan's presence are there in the nose. So perhaps the effects of shaitan may also be on the hand. Those traces may also be on the hand. So if the shaitan can leave the effect in the nose, then he can also leave it on the hands. So Allahu A'lam, it may be because of that, that a person should wash the hands before dipping them into water. And this hadith is that when any one of you wakes up, he must rinse his nose three times. Barely shaitan spends the night inside a person's nostrils. A person might wonder, how is that possible? How does that happen? 
Remember that the world of the jinn, the shayateen is hidden from us just as the world of angels is hidden from us. I mean, we learn that there are angels by our sides, but do we feel them? We don't. Likewise, how can a shaitan fit inside the nose? Allahu a'lam. Okay, but we learn from the hadith and we accept it. But one of the scholars, he said that shaitan chooses the nose because the eyes are looking and pondering over the creation, the heavens and the earth. The mouth is for remembering Allah. The ears are for listening to knowledge and Allah's remembrance. However, the nose doesn't have any of these traits. So he manages to get through to you through your nose. He doesn't leave out any chance. So he's there to get you. So if he enters into your nose and he spends the night there, his effect is there. You know like an, a person who is very aggressive or they're very rude. They come and they go and when they go, you feel that, you know, you feel that tension, you feel that negativity. Isn't it? It's not something that can be physically felt, but you experience it, you feel it. You feel that tension. So likewise, shaitan, he was present there. So he left his traces, his effect. So Allahu alam, that effect could have also been on your hand. So some scholars have said that this is the reason why you should wash your hand separately before putting it into the vessel. And some scholars say that there is no reason. I mean, even if there is no reason, still you should wash your hand before putting it into the vessel. The question is that do you feel the traces of shaitan physically? Not necessarily. No. But, you know, it's possible that you feel heavy in your nose or you feel stuffy in your nose or, you know, you feel that your nose is a little too oily when you wake up. You know, people have that. Right? They do experience that sometimes. So you feel unclean. So thoroughly clean your nose from inside upon waking up. In the morning, a person should try their best to do it. And if you don't have water, at least blow your nose. Okay? If you can't sniff water up, at least blow the nose. At least wipe it clean. Walking somewhere, or even when you get up in the morning, especially now that the weather is changing, you'll find sort of dust particles coming up yes. in your nose when you wash it. Like I know when I do a thorough cleaning of anything, or when I go for a walk and you come back, because you inhale all that dust, exactly. right? So when you clean it, you'll even find specks of dust coming out from your nose. Imagine if you just left it there and you're inhaling it. So your poor lungs have to work extra hard. Exactly. So if you clean your nose, it's less work for the, for the lungs to work yes. on. Yes. You know, so you're inhaling clean air kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, how important tahara is in our deen? If you're in your menses, should you still do wudu? No, when you wake up in the morning, you should still clean your nose, rinse your nose clean. Because uh, the hadith that I mentioned to you, which is also in Bukhari, it doesn't mention wudu. When any one of you wakes up, he must rinse his nose three times. Verily, shaitan spends the night inside a person's nostrils. Okay? Assalamu I just experienced it myself. You know, sometimes um, you wake up and there's something going on and so you have, sometimes you don't have time to even use the washroom or somebody's on the door or something. So you run downstairs and see and I feel personally, it seems like this something has descended upon me and that I have to use the washroom and clean my nose and freshen up before I do anything else. So I sometimes I run hands. back. Yeah, I run back and do the routine and then yes. come out. Yes. And also, I also experienced this that I was in Pakistan once and every time, every single time we came back from the bazaar or the market, I, I would go and perform wudu, whether or not I had to pray. Some, mostly it was time for praying anyways. And I experienced that literally I didn't get, I didn't get sick. Alhamdulillah. Absolutely. No cold, no nothing. And everybody around me was, had it. But I didn't. So it's just proven by practice. Yes. 
but he did that. So it goes a long way. Like he had no concept. I don't know where he was coming from. And he had eaten. So it was, you know, like the mandatory that he washed his hands before he starts to do his business in the store. So inshallah, we have to, we have to know and we have to teach the kids. Yes. Remember SARS and what happened? The first thing they taught everybody was washing hands. When you had to, even up till now when you go to hospitals or certain, even I think some of the, the drug stores, they have a, a dispenser there. But I was telling everybody, but imagine our religion. It teaches us to wash your hands because even many doctors won't shake your hand. Mm. They say that's where the most germs are in the hand. Yeah. So imagine our religion which teaches us the basic principle of washing hands. Mm. Even when we go shopping, I don't know how many people when you're driving the car or going for groceries, do we come back and go straight into the kitchen to do the, to, to cook the food? Mm. I ask everybody, after you touch all the groceries in the store, yes. wash your hands when you get home. Yes. Because the, the dirt you'll find in your hand. Mm. Allahu Akbar. Yes. Okay, let's continue. Bab ghasl rijlaini wala yamsahu ala al-qadamain. Washing the feet and not wiping the feet. Meaning when it comes to feet, they have to be washed. You can't just wipe over the feet. When can you wipe? When you're wearing socks. But if you're not wearing socks, then you have to wash them. But some people, the rafidah, they think that it is sufficient to just wipe the feet. Even when you're not wearing socks. So when it comes to washing the feet, you're just wearing sandals, you just take your wet hand and wet palm of your hand and you just wipe over your foot and that's it. They think that this is sufficient. You don't wash your feet, you just wipe over them. So Imam Bukhari is negating that. This misconception. Where do they take their evidence from? From the verse, وَمْسَحُوا بِرُؤُوسِكُمْ وَأَرْجُلَكُمْ إِلَى الْكَعْبَيْنِ Those of you who studied the tafsir of this ayah, there are two qiraat. So, وَمْسَحُوا بِرُؤُوسِكُمْ And wipe over your heads وَأَرْجُلَكُمْ إِلَى الْكَعْبَيْنِ أَرْجُلَكُمْ and أَرْجُلِكُمْ Both are there. Right? When you read it as أَرْجُلَكُمْ Then this is maf'ul. Of what? فَغْسِلُوا فَغْسِلُوا So wash your feet. But when you read it with the jar أَرْجُلِكُمْ This is majroor. Why? Because وَمْسَحُوا And this is wiping over what? Just feet? No. Over socks. Because the sunnah of the Prophet clarifies that. So, Imam Bukhari is clarifying this misunderstanding that a person has to wash their feet, he cannot just wipe over them. The Rafidah, the Shia, they differ from the Ahlul Sunnah in the washing of the feet in three ways. Okay? There are three differences. First of all, they do mash, they wipe only, they don't wash the feet. Secondly, they do mash, they wipe only the top part of the foot, not all the way to the karbain as the ayah tells us. Not all the way to the ankles, but only the top part of the foot. They believe that, that wiping the top part of the foot is sufficient. You don't have to wipe all the way to the ankles. And thirdly, they do not consider wiping over the socks permissible. They do not consider wiping over the socks permissible. And this is very strange because one of the narrators of this sunnah is who? Ali radiallahu anhu. He's the one who narrated the sunnah of wiping over the socks. So this proves that all of us are in need of guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. حدثنا موسى قال حدثنا أبو عوانة عن أبي بشر عن يوسف بن ماهك عن عبد الله بن عمر قال he said تخلف النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عنا في سفرة سافرناها we have read this hadith a number of times so I'm not going to translate it word to word. 
فأدركنا وقد أرهقنا الصلاة وقد أرهقنا العصر فجعلنا نتوضأ ونمسح على أرجلنا فنادى بأعلى صوته ويل للأعقاب من النار مرتين أو ثلاثا So to summarize in this hadith the Prophet ﷺ when he saw people just wiping their feet he said out loud that ويل للأعقاب من النار Woe to the ankles on account of the fire meaning there is punishment There's fire for those ankles that are not washed in wudu, that a person neglects. Why fire? Why hellfire? Because without washing the feet, wudu is incomplete. The person who does not have wudu, his salah is not valid. And a person who does not pray, then his end will be fire. So, وَيْلُ لِلْأَعْقَابِ مِنَ Now this journey, this trip, when this incident took place, was the return journey from Hajjatul Wada'ah. What does that tell us? This was not abrogated. Okay? This is a final instruction regarding this matter from the Prophet ﷺ. That washing the feet is necessary. They cannot just be wiped on. And it shows that the whole foot should be washed. All the way from the toes to the ankles. Not just the top part, but all the way from the toes to the ankles. The whole foot should be washed. And... This hadith also teaches us that mash cannot be done in place of ghusl. Meaning the part that has to be washed, you can't wipe over it. So for example, the foot, it has to be washed. Can you wipe over it? No, you can't. Likewise, let's say your arm, it's injured. You're wearing a cast on your right arm. So then can you wash the rest of the body parts and just wipe your hand over the right arm, over the cast? No. You can't do that. It's either wash or don't wash. Tayammum. You cannot replace ghusl with mash. You cannot replace washing with wiping. Many of us think that it's okay. That if you're wearing a big band-aid or something, then just wipe over it. No, you can't do that. You have to wash the whole body part. And if you can't wash the whole body part, then the other option is there of doing tayammum. Washing cannot be replaced by wiping. Remember this important rule. What's the evidence? What's the evidence of this? This hadith. That when the companions were just wiping over the feet, why? Because they didn't have much time. The time of Salatul Asr was about to be over. So to speed up, they just took their wet hands and wiped over their feet. But the Prophet ﷺ said, وَيْلٌ لِلْأَعْقَابِ مِنَ النَّارِ If you leave that part dry, which you have to wash, then wail. Now, if a person doesn't have water, if they're sick, they have a cast, they have you know, a broken limb, then obviously, they don't have to do wudu. What will they do? Tayammum. Okay, so it's either doing wudu properly or doing tayammum. Likewise, this on the other hand shows to us that ghusl cannot be done in place of mash. Washing cannot be done in place of wiping. So what has to be wiped, you cannot wash over it. So for example, a person thinks that it's I'm being more righteous, let me just pour water over my head every time I do wudu or pour water over my ears. No, you cannot replace wiping with washing. But suppose you're in the shower and you did wudu and when it comes to wiping your head, you know, you were standing under the shower, your hair is wet anyway, so do you have to wipe your hands over? There are two opinions concerning this. Some scholars said that no, you have to wipe. 
because it's the action of wiping. Other scholars say that it's going to take you to the same result. I mean, more in fact. So it's okay. Because when you're washing, I mean, this is kathratul amal, right? There's more action. So it has caused your entire hair to become wet. So some scholars allow it and others say that no, you still have to wipe. Okay? But some scholars have allowed it. But this teaches something very important. That we are to follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. We cannot change the rules of wudu according to our convenience, according to what makes sense to us. No. We are followers and followers cannot change the rules. لا تقدموا بين يدي الله ورسوله And this hadith also tells us that when it comes to something serious, then we cannot be lenient over there. We cannot be over-compromising over there. The Prophet ﷺ said very apparently harsh words, وَيْلُ لِلْأَعْقَابِ مِنَ النَّارِ I mean, this is something serious. If somebody tells us, your ankles are dry, hellfire, I mean, we would be offended. But this is a serious matter. Because neglect in one thing can lead to more neglect. Can lead to carelessness in other matters as well. Not enough that you tell them once and then you forget. Because they're kids. Once you teach them one, two, three times, and if you stop it, you'll see eventually in a month or two months, bad habits come back again. Yes. So being a mother is our responsibility. Make up some time. Go and wash. They're still making their heels all the way wet up, up or not. Because in winter especially, especially in the Fajr Salah, when they're sleepy, they don't do that. Yes. I experienced yes. it personally, so we should try out sometimes. Yes. Personally, when you're outside or you're doing wudu, the sink is usually so hot and you're kind of short. So then when you get only the top of washing, then sometimes you don't want to go up to your ankle because it's a lot of work and it looks awkward. But then when we learned, we learned this before. So whenever I think there's like a conscience inside me that I always hear, So I always go and... Alhamdulillah. And this hadith also shows to us that if you see somebody making a mistake in their wudu, something serious, then it's our responsibility to correct them. You know, sometimes you may be standing next to a person, they're washing, and you see that the water did not reach their elbow, the back of their arm, they didn't feel it, it's still dry. You're watching, and you're thinking in your mind that, oh, look at them, look at, look at how they're performing wudu. They've done the course, right? I thought they were doing hadith course. They should know about it. So instead of being judgmental about people, what should we do? Do islah, do tawjih. Point out to them what they need to do, what they need to fix. Bab al-madmadati fil wudu'i. Madmada. What does madmada mean? To rinse the mouth in wudu. Imam Bukhari considered this to be obligatory as well, just as he believed that cleaning the nose is also obligatory. But there's the other opinion that it's not obligatory, but it is mustahab. Qalahu ibn Abbasin wa Abdullah ibn Zaydin radiyallahu anhum anin nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. These companions denied this practice from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And like I mentioned to you, there is difference of opinion over this. Some scholars consider it to be wajib and other scholars consider it to be mustahab. If you consider it to be mustahab, what would be the hikmah? That sometimes you have the permission to not rinse the mouth in wudu. What could be the hikmah? The benefits. Let's say you're at the beach. There's lots of water. And let's say the hotel or whatever you're staying at, it's far away or there's no water over there. Sometimes it happens. So you have access to only sea water. Okay, you want to do wudu, but how are you going to rinse your mouth? How are you going to? You can't. And before, when people would be traveling by sea, then how do you think they would perform wudu? Do you think they would be able to rinse their mouths every time? 
It would be very difficult. I mean, once you can try, twice you can try, but I don't think you can do it three times at all. It's very difficult. So in a situation like that, you sometimes have to. Sometimes, likewise, the water may not be safe for drinking. You are at a park outside, right, away from the city. And there is water to wash your hands with. You know, you can even wash your feet with your arms with. But it says very clearly, not safe for drinking. So if you put it in your mouth and something happens, then you are at fault. So if you have a water bottle, you have water that is safe for drinking, you can rinse your mouth with that. But if you don't have access to that, then it's okay if you don't rinse your mouth. But for sure, this is a masnoon way, meaning rinsing the mouth in wudu is a masnoon practice. It is of the sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam. حدثنا أبو اليماني قال أخبرنا شعيب عن الزهري قال أخبرني عطاء بن يزيد عن حمران مولى عثمان بن عفان أنه رأى عثمان دعا بوضوء عثمان رضي الله عنه he called for a wudu what is wudu water with which he was going to perform wudu فأفرغ then he poured على يديه من إنائه on his hands from his container فغسلهما ثلاث مرات then he washed them both Three times. ثُمَّ أَدْخَلَ يَمِينَهُ فِي الْوَضُوءِ Then he entered his hand into the water. ثُمَّ تَمَضْمَضَ Then he rinsed his mouth. وَاسْتَنْشَقَ And he blew his nose. وَاسْتَنْشَقَ He snuffed up some water. وَاسْتَنْصَرَ And he blew it out. ثُمَّ غَسَلَ وَجْهُهُ سَلَاسًا وَيَدَيْهِ إِلَى الْمِرْفَقَيْنِ سَلَاسًا He washed his hands and his face three times and his hands all the way to his elbows. ثُمَّ مَسَحَ بِرَأْسِهِ Then he wiped his head. ثُمَّ غَسَلَ كُلَّ رِجْلٍ سَلَاسًا Then he washed each foot three times. ثُمَّ قَالَ Then he said, رَأَيْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَتَوَطَّعُ نَحْوَ وُضُوءِ هَذَا I saw the Prophet ﷺ performing wudu similar to this wudu of mine. وَقَالَ And he said, مَنْ تَوَطَّعَ Whoever performs wudu نَحْوَ وُضُوءِ هَذَا Like this wudu of mine. ثُمَّ صَلَّى رَكَعَتَيْنِ Then he performs two raka'a salah. لَا يُحَدِّثُ فِيهِ مَا نَفْسَهُ In which he does not talk to himself. غَفَرَ اللَّهُ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ Allah will forgive for him whatever sins he committed before. So in this hadith we see that Uthman رضي الله عنه He rinsed his mouth. And the hadith that he narrated was what? The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever performs wudu like this, in this manner. So we see that one is the ideal, the best way of performing wudu, in which a person washes the body parts three times, he rinses the mouth, as well as cleans the nose. This is the ideal, this is the best way. But every situation is not ideal. So a person should also know the bare minimum. The bare minimum. What is it that I have to do so that my wudu should be valid. Because then it makes a person's life easier in this manner. Then he, whatever he's doing, he doesn't have that guilt, that burden of guilt in his heart. And in this hadith, we see that whoever performs two rakat after performing wudu in the best way, then all of his previous sins will be forgiven. Another hadith tells us that the five daily prayers, Friday to Friday and Ramadan to Ramadan, are a means of forgiveness for what is between them. As long as the major sins are avoided. So likewise over here as well, this is that minor sins will be forgiven. For the major sins, a person has to do tawbah. He has to seek forgiveness for them. And the salah should be such that a person does not speak to himself. And this talking to himself is which one? Out loud? No. This is the nafs. وَنَعْلَمُ مَا تُوَسْوِزُ بِهِ 
Nafsu. Allah knows what we whisper to ourselves, what we say to ourselves. So that conversation that's going on in our minds, that has to be blocked when it comes to prayer. That has to be avoided. Now apparently this action seems like, oh wow, so simple. But I dare you, do it. And keep trying. Keep trying, don't give up. Because you cannot speak to yourself even once from the beginning to the end. Keep trying and ask yourself every time, do you think this salah is such that I did not talk to myself at all? And if you fail, don't give up, try again. And if you fail again, don't give up, try again. But keep trying. And when you keep trying, inshallah, Allah will give you the tawfiq to reach that level. And if you start with this, inshallah, it will help you focus in your salah otherwise as well. Because how can you have khushu in just two raka'ah randomly if you don't have khushu in the rest of your prayers? There are many lectures available online. I recommend that you listen to them. But this is, you know, a big, a big thing. Having all of your sins, previous sins forgiven, it's a big thing. So keep striving, keep trying, inshallah. We find it difficult to control ourselves from talking to other people. I mean, controlling yourself from talking to yourself is even hard. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.